This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Episode 270, 80 Years of Superman. Welcome to the Strangers and Aliens podcast. Strangers. <laughs> to boldly say what needs to be said. Would you be a stranger or an alien? Or would you be a strange alien? The truth is out there. I am your father's best friend's plumber. Superman. Wonder Woman. Heroes. Villains. Captain Picard versus Captain Kirk. Do you think that there's room in sci-fi for God? The very first thing that God did so wise, was that he created something, so we have a creative God. This is Strangers and Aliens Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Strangers and Aliens. My name is Ben, Ben Avery, and I'm here because this is a podcast where we get to talk about fun stuff that I like to talk about, mm-hmm. and I'm here with some fun guys that I like to talk with, and those fun guys are Evan, Dan, and, and, and me, that's uh, Steve McDonald. You got Steve McDonald. We are all, yeah. yes, very, very fun to talk with, and... And since we're fun to talk with, we're going to... In case you didn't know. Give us a call sometime. Live on the air. What are you doing over the weekend? Random people? Yeah, yeah. Hey, we are here to talk about Superman today. Yeah! Uh, It is, in case you have not known or not noticed, um, because it hasn't been... There hasn't been a lot of fanfare about this. There's been some. Yeah. That we are in the 80th anniversary of a character that is beloved to many, hated by others, and then some people just don't know who it is, and that is Superman. Woohoo! When I say I some people don't know who it is, he's one of the most recognizable characters in the world. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's like the merchandise put out, the tip top is him and Mickey Mouse, you know, for branding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And so all three of us, I think it's fair to say, are fans of the character. Absolutely. And, yes. And I think this has been expressed on the podcast before, and so it's not a surprise to anyone. Um, but I th- when we were talking about what, what could we talk about tonight, I just threw out, uh, why not Superman's 80th? Because I have in my not-too-grubby hands <laughs> two books put out. By DC to celebrate this 80th anniversary. One of the books is episode, or not episode, issue 1000 of Action Comics. That's right. Which I just purchased today and is probably the the biggest reason why, when we were, I mean, I was reading it when we were talking about what are we going to talk about for this episode. And why not Superman? Nice. And then the other Mm -hmm. one is this incredible hardcover volume, 80 Years of Superman. The Deluxe Edition, which was originally going to be called Action Comics number 1000, the Deluxe Edition. Hmm. But it got a little bit confusing because the contents of Action Comics number 1000, that other book I was talking about, Mm -hmm. weren't ever planned to be in this hardcover edition. (laughs) 
And so it would be two completely different things with the same name. Yeah. 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 Okay. And so this is something when they started talking about this, the first few articles I saw come out about this were really confusing because you have basically a 400 page book that's celebrating Action Comics 1000 issues called Action Comics 1000, the deluxe edition. And then you have the actual issue 1000 that's not in the the hardcover. And I, I do wonder like why they didn't just go ahead and just, just yeah. put them together. Yeah. Like, I theorize it's to sell more books, which is very, what? yeah. I mean, <laughs> no, I, I totally agree. Um, but this hardcover edition has stories from uh, the well, it has the first Superman story through to you know some very recent stuff with uh, New Fifty Two number zero. Boo! Well, you don't have to like it because there's if you don't like that, there's something else in here that yeah. you're gonna love. It looks cool, and if not for the price tag, I would have bought that thing. It's forty dollars. Yeah, forty dollars. Yeah. That is fifty cents wow. for every year, right? Yeah. 50 yeah. cents for every year wow. of Superman action comics. And just going over some of the stuff that's in here. Um, one of them is a brand new story that Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster, not, Schuster not brand new, not brand, new. never before, published. never before published. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not like they just, you know, worked on it over the weekend or something. No, no, but it never was published <laughs> and hardly seen by anybody. Right. And so it is new to the printed page. Let's put it that way. Do you know um, the story behind that? No, do you? It's it's incredible. Yeah, they he was on a, a tour as a like a, a kid, you know, teenager or whatever. And who was? Uh, uh, Marv Wolfman. Oh, okay. And I haven't read this yet, but there's actually a two page thing by Marv Wolfman that said how I saved Superman uh, right okay. before that story. So go, yeah, tell me, tell me. But he he and his friends they were you know as they were leaving, um, they were some people were bringing some stuff to the incinerator. And they said, hey, kids, if you want some souvenirs, come and grab these. We're just going to get rid of them anyway. Literally. And they just like grabbed handfuls of this stuff and then went back to their house and they like traded to see if they could get like a whole story and stuff. And, you know, Marv Wolfman, he noticed, hey, this is something that might be something. So he like traded with his friends and got the whole thing. And, you know, come to realize a couple of years later that it's never been published. It's by the original creators. And it was going to the incinerator. Wow. <laughs> and it's, yeah, the original, I guess it's the original artwork that he had, too. And, well, in, and this was in this book, it looks like they've got the, the paste-ups uh, of the pages where it's inked and then has the, the lettering. But then it also has some spots where um, they've covered up the lettering with... Uh, you know, some whiter pages or whiter mm-hmm. paper rather um, to, to fix some sort of maybe grammatical error or to change, uh, change the the wording or something like that. But yeah, I haven't read that story yet. Just insane. <laughs> How they would treat this. I mean, yeah, I mean, you, you had to at least at some level realize that these, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I can sort of see it from the the viewpoint of the publisher as well. You have this like stockpiled paper, 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 and at some point you just have to purge it. But it's you know the 1960s, and Superman has been around now for 25 years, and you're just okay. <laughs> 
Well, it also has it has the first Superman story from Action Comics number one. Mm-hmm. And this is what's cool for me. Like one of the most personally cool parts for me is I had a reprint of that when I was in fourth or fifth grade. Mm-hmm. That's when mm-hmm. I got it. I don't know where it came from. I don't know how I got it. It might have been some sort of giveaway. I can't imagine that I bought it because I wasn't buying anything with my own money then. But um, I don't know if it was a giveaway at like a department store or if it was uh, just someone bought it and gave it to me. I, I don't know how it ended up in my my hands, but it only had that Superman story from Action Comics number one in it. Right. And it was even on like kind of newsprinty kind of thing. Um, Superman that that Superman story in Action Comics number one ends on a cliffhanger. Because mm-hmm. Superman grabs a guy and he's running across the telephone and power lines <laughs> and he's jumping across this the countryside. This is Superman. Yeah. And, and he jumps up onto a building and he's like, hey, let's see if I can make this jump. And then he jumps <laughs> and he's holding the guy. And then the final panel of that story is, oops, I'm not going to make it. Yeah. <laughs> And I never knew how it ended. Well, they have the second part from Action Comics number two. Nice. In Excellent. in this volume. And so I do find out that he doesn't make it, hmm. but he doesn't make it on purpose and just lands hard on his feet, <laughs> cracks the cement, but the guy's okay. And then the guy's willing to talk now, hmm. you know? Yes. And, um, and this Superman is bloodthirsty-ish because there's another part later on where he just grabs a guy and throws him over the treetops. Oh. And, nice. Uh, but it's interesting because he's taking on these munitions manufacturers who are trying to manufacture a war so they can sell arms. Hmm. And he, uh, it ends kind of on a funny note where after he's done all the stuff that he's doing, he, uh, spoiler alert for the, the story, um, stops the munitions guy. And I'm not going to tell you how I don't, I don't want to spoil that. But then he just brings the two leaders of the two armies together. And he's like, okay, if you guys are going to fight, then just fight now. You two just fight each other, <laughs> just fight each other. And the guys are like, uh, well, we don't have anything against each other. Like, why would we do that? And he's like, oh, so you're willing to let your men fight for you. And, and then they decide not to, to war anymore. Hmm. And, and the war is over. Well done, Superman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was kind of funny. So I just – I I haven't read the entire book. I've had that one for a week. I had the issue 1000 for today, and I've read a little over half of that because that has just a bunch of stories by modern creators and classic creators. But they're new stories that um, are basically all just celebrations of who Superman is mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the cool. kinds of stuff that Superman does, why he does what he does. And – there's there's a couple stories in there that are actually kind of touching, and and then there's the, the kind of the I guess maybe a issue zero if you want to call it that of Brian Michael Bendis's Man of Steel miniseries. Man of Steel miniseries. Very cool. I'm excited to read wow. that. Have you read the story yet? Nope. Okay. I've got it at home. I I have been swamped with work this week, and I didn't want to read it till I had time to relax. So I'll get to it. Yeah, so I, I'm not going to say mu- too much more about what's going on. This is not a comic book review. We're going to talk about Superman here. Just that um, the eighty pa- the eighty years of Superman book is just it takes you through the history of Superman with different stories from different periods that really latch on to the mood and tone of that time period, and that also um, really highlights Superman as a character. And Action mm-hmm. Comics number one thousand does something different but the same, like it's all brand new stories by people who are saying, this is, 
this is a story that kind of tells you what Superman means to me in some ways. Right. Except for that final story that's leading into the Man of Steel miniseries. Very cool. So I'm curious what you're going to think about the Man of Steel stuff. Okay. But we'll have to talk about it later. All right. Yeah. So for right now, we're just going to talk about Superman and um, uh, talk about his legacy and what he means to us. And then some of the things we like about his enormous history. And and then, Evan, the final thing that you put in your outline was the spiritual themes. Yeah. Yeah. Because there are some. There are some. Yep. There's actually yep. a number of different ones that you can pull out that go in different directions. Mm-hmm. Um, but still positive. Yeah. But different oh, directions. Yeah. So Good stuff. So the legacy of Superman. He's been around for 80 years. Now, next topic is... <laughs> <laughs> well, 1938, he's a comic book. Then he's a radio star. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait, wait. In the At the end of issue number one of Action Comics, it says – I'm looking at the wrong book. But I was really surprised to see this. Um, and so it begins at the – that's at the end when he's missed, doggone it. And then the last – third of the page so it begins the, the startling adventures of the most sensational strip character of all time superman only in action comics don't miss an issue uh where is it maybe it's in the second episode or second issue he was in the newspapers like immediately yeah. Hmm. yeah he had a comic strip he had a sunday comic strip and it's funny because it's like you know only in the pages of action comics and this sunday comic strip and the regular comic strip and on the radio and i mean it was like it, <laughs> he was everywhere all of a sudden. Yeah. You know, it was, know. It was now crazy, I can't find it, but it was a crazy arc for a character like that. Yeah. I think it was only a couple of years and he had, a, he had a float in the Macy's Thanksgiving day parade mm-hmm. and then world war two breaks out and he's fighting the Nazis oh, along yeah. with all of his uh, copycat characters. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he's, know. he's on the silver screen in co- in cartoon form and yep. in, and in serial action, form. Yep. Yeah. I mean, he has been – in some ways, it's almost like he's setting the trends. You know, like these are these are – all these things are happening, happening, happening. The Superman cartoon, have you ever watched that? The Fleischer? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I love those. Those are those awesome. Are amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're they're one of the more realistic cartoons of the time. Rotoscoping. They, they um, filmed live-action actors and traced over them hand by hand for some of the things they did. Very cool. Same thing they did with Snow White. Yeah, yeah. And so you've got this just amazing animation style, and it's just something a lot more, yeah, more realistic than anything else that's that's out there. Yeah, uh, yeah. The radio show. Yep. Then um, you had television. Yep. Where it's George Eventually. Reeves. Yep. yep. In the 1950s, and they film did in black and white, and then on color, and he was the cereal box mascot. And he had a uh, a guest appearance as Superman on the I Love Lucy show. He did. And they had to make sure awesome. they never, ever said anything about him not being a real character. Yeah. Um, so the whole thing is Superman's coming. Superman's coming. And an adult's watching. And it's, oh, it's the actor is coming. The George Reeves actor is coming. But for kids watching, it actually is Superman. Right. Um, <laughs> and that's the one where Lucy goes out on the, the, ledge. the ledge. Yeah. And... and he, uh, this is as close as they get to um, breaking down that he's not actually Superman. First of all, he's not going to fly out there, mm-hmm. and second of right. all, he, he just turns to Desi. Is you you live with her? 
Yeah, yeah. And they call me Superman. (laughs) (laughs) And that's that's the laugh that you end on. Yeah. Yeah. And then they had, uh, obviously, the movie. Which was called Superman The Movie, Mm -hmm. to make sure you didn't mix it up with the TV show. Um, Which, that's another thing that's kind of not, maybe not the trendsetter, but it's close to it, where you're kind of getting, with Superman The Movie, you're getting out of the 70s... um, ickiness uh and and you have this movie that's actually kind of hopeful um you've got this guy wrapped up in a flag brightly colored dealing with things in grimy new york city and this is new york city before it cleaned up yeah you know way before it cleaned up this is new york city when i mean it's metropolis but but metropolis has the statue of liberty in the empire state exactly yeah Yeah, And, and so this is new york city where it's you know, this dark place, it's this yuck, you know, there's, there's <laughs> criminals all over the place. And, and, and then you have this guy who's just this earnest boy scout who comes and makes everyone believe a man can fly. Mm-hmm. I was there. That was more than likely my first theater experience. Wow. Very cool. Um, wow. Cause I can't think of what, if anything, I would have gone to in the theater before that. Like but, first, like anything in this? I mean, did you yeah. see like, you know, the Benji movies or stuff like that? At no, Disney? no, no, no. Um, wow. Superman would have been first. Star Wars would have been second. And the Muppet movie would have been third. Wow. Benji, we did not see on uh, in the theater. I'm not sure how we watched it, but we if it was on a VCR, maybe. But that would have been 78, 79. So I don't know who was rich enough that we knew who had one, <laughs> but we watched it like on demand. Like when I say on demand, I mean, we watched it and started it and stopped it. Hmm. Like we sat down and it, I just wow. don't remember how that happened unless something in my memory is wonky and we actually were watching on TV, but I don't remember any commercials. Hmm. So that's wild. Yeah. I, I don't know how that happened, but uh, I did like that movie. By the way, Netflix Benji. Yeah. <laughs> they have the original one on there. I need to watch it again. I haven't watched it since I was little. The original one's on Netflix? I think so. The new one is on Netflix. Yeah. And the original, I believe. I couldn't find the I, I, I could oh, be wrong. I'll look again. Okay. Uh, anyway, we're anyway, talking about Superman, not yeah. Benji. Well, Benji's super dog. He's good. He's, well, sort of. Did you see the one where, age where Benji goes years. to the North Pole and meets Santa Claus? No. I saw that one. That's <laughs> a good one. Uh, yeah, so movie franchise then. Yeah, and one, two, get, three, four, and Supergirl, and we get more cartoons out of this with, um, of course, Super Friends, where he's kind of central, and mm-hmm. and then he had his filmation cartoon in the I think late sixties. He had a couple other. He had the Ruby Spears cartoon that was in the eighties. That would have been eighty eight, eighty nine, around in there. And then he had and Superboy was on TV around that time yep, too. Yeah, live, live action, action Superboy with uh oh two different actors. Oh, did was it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm drawing a blank. And then uh, Superman, the animated series, which is my first real exposure to him, aside from the toy that my dad bought me. Mm-hmm. And that was super awesome. Um, I still watch those. Two. They hold up. They absolutely hold up. Yeah. Very good. Then the Justice League, Justice League Unlimited, Superman Returns, Man of Steel, several so video the, games. The DC, whatever, DC Expanded Universe mm-hmm. or whatever that's going to be. And whatever that train wreck of a franchise that they might be getting their footing now. We'll see. But, um, 
they just don't have any direction. Yeah. I mean, it, they, it could be, they're just stabbing at things in the dark, hoping yeah. something will work. Um, he had a Broadway musical. He yeah, did. Yes, it's he a bird. Did. It's a plane. It's Superman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have, you, have you seen I have, it? I have, I have not. that album. I have I've the seen album. pictures and heard a couple of excerpts of the song. Yeah. Right? I've seen part of it and not great. Not, no, it's not great. No, <laughs> no, sadly. Um, he was a peanut butter mascot. Superman peanut butter. It's great. Yep. I've never had, a, never had Superman peanut butter. He's a proponent of, uh, of good hi- oral hygiene. He's remember up, up, up and away, away with dental decay. I don't remember that. Anybody remember that? No, no, but I do remember him teaching me how the letter S sounds on Sesame street. On Sesame street. <laughs> I thought that was so awesome. <laughs> Cause he like saved a sailboat from a storm yep, or something. Yep. And <laughs> And uh, not even been aliens too. I can't remember now. But. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. He's Jerry Seinfeld's favorite character, and he did a credit card commercial with Jerry Seinfeld in two shorts that are like five minutes long each. We just <laughs> we just watched them on Monday because my friends came over and I told them about the anniversary, and they're like, "Let's watch the Seinfeld. Those are great. Patrick Warburton, yeah, as Superman. <laughs> not the Tick. Yeah." <laughs> Although, how many people can say they've played both Superman and the Tick? Um, so I think true. It's just it's, one. It's just him. Just, yeah. yeah. Of course, only two people can say they. No, three people can say they played the Tick because of the cartoon and the two yeah. series. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I remember watching the Tiny Toons Adventures movie. Have you ever seen that? No. Mm-hmm. Where they? Yeah. It's the crazy summer vacation, yeah. and at one. <laughs> At one point, they're going over a waterfall to the two bunnies. They're going to go over the waterfall and die, and there's no way out. There's no hope. Right. They go over the waterfall, and Superman comes out of nowhere and just saves them. Yeah. And then they're like, hey, what are you doing here? This is our movie. He's like, oh, I'm sorry, and then puts them down and flies away. (laughs) Well, deus ex machina. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Pinky and the brain. Uh, Yes. Found his rocket That's right. before Ma and Pa Kent did. <laughs> yeah. And they took him back to their lab to try and teach him to be an evil, <laughs> evil thing. That's right. And it didn't work. And they realized the baby was much more trouble than it's worth. They returned him to the spot so that Ma and Pa Kent could find him. We forgot to mention Lois and Clark in Smallville. We did. We did. Wow. Um, yeah, because we kind of skipped over the live action stuff. We got to Super, Super Boy. Yeah. Super but Boy yeah, TV Lois show. and Clark, I mean, there has been surprising number of TV shows that yeah. feature Superman. Because now he's on Supergirl. And on mm-hmm. uh, Krypton. Well, ish. Yeah, Krypton. Okay, I haven't seen any of that stuff, so. Well, Krypton, very good so far. And uh, yeah, Dean Kane is one of my absolute favorite portrayals of Superman. I really like the way he played him. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. And I like the scripting, too. I can see that. Uh, I did. I, I don't think it holds up though, because no, it's it's pretty cheesy. Yeah, I want to say maybe I don't know. Ten years ago, I started checking them out from the library to watch through the the entire series. Mm-hmm. And the first episode, I really appreciated a lot of the mom Pa Kent stuff oh, yeah. and putting his costume together and um, just the relationship with his ma and his pa. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you get into the actual episodes where there's things happening, and it's just kind of. 
Oh, yeah. I remember this being better. If you can get through the cheese, it's, <laughs> I think it's still enjoyable. Um, but there's a villain in the fourth season called the Wedding Destroyer. <laughs> and she stops them from having a wedding. <clears throat> Wow. A very wow. specific name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> very specific role for yes. a villain. Yes. So, yeah. If you can get through the cheese. <laughs> and then Smallville, um, when Shantae and I first got married, we watched through all 10 seasons of that. Mm. And that was our, was our evening entertainment. And I would say that's not a bad series. I, I didn't watch every single episode. Um, and toward the end, I really started falling away and mm-hmm. just kind of, I would catch the the big episodes like, oh, Justice Society. Yeah, I'll watch that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did watch the final episode. And my my big thing with Smallville is just Oliver Queen should have been Bruce Wayne. Yeah, like, there yeah, is no right. <laughs> no way around it. Yeah, yeah. If you watch and squint and just say to yourself, Green Arrow is Batman. Oliver Queen is Bruce Wayne. And you have an amazing show. Yeah. There's a lot of good in there. There's some cheesiness. Uh, there's some stuff that doesn't hold up because of the dated uh, effects. But for the most part, it's pretty fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. So beyond that, now then you get to the what we've got now. Yeah. And Justice League action. Some great comic books. Yeah. And that's the other thing we haven't talked about is comic books. Yeah. Which I guess we're talking I mean, about we video games. We didn't talk about video games either. He's yeah. He, that, that Superman Nintendo 64 game. <laughs> I played that for hours, Ben, on practice mode where you're just in an empty city with one car. And I would just move that car around the city and drop it places. <laughs> <laughs> Nine or ten, I'm like, I get to be Superman because the game is impossible to play. The Atari Superman game. <laughs> That's we forgot that actually too. a fun game. I have yeah. not played that. And the uh, the arcade Superman game. Oh, the side scrolling beat 'em up. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some good stuff in that one too. The Death and Return of Superman game for the Sega Genesis. Did not play that. That one. was super fun because it was. Like direct adaption of the comic books with and Superboy's in there and he's got his thigh belt and you can play as Steel and you can play as the Eradicator and you can play as Cyborg Superman and you fight Doomsday. It was cool. It's also a side scroll to beat him up. Mm-hmm. So it's cool for that sort of game. <laughs> they had Justice League Heroes, which was a uh, uh I think it was like a GameCube game or a PS2 game where you got to play. It was like Marvel Ultimate Alliance, but less cool. Okay. And you play as the Justice League. And yeah. and then uh, they had Justice League Task Force, which is like a Street Fighter kind of game. And um, now you have... Uh, Injustice. Injustice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. I've not played any of those newer games. Yes, you have. You played Injustice. Oh, no, I did play Injustice. Yeah. I played Injustice 2 because Swamp Thing. Yeah. Yeah, you invited me over. I got to play that. And Swamp Thing it was really cool to play with. My biggest hang-up about that game is Superman's a villain. So. Well, he can't always be the good guy. Not in every universe. So true. Come on. So true. That's right. I yeah. mean, seriously. I mean, if there are an infinite number of universes, there's one where he's made up completely of nutty buddies. So... <laughs> I'd say it. I'd read that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, would you say it's fair to say that he is the first 
modern superhero Absolutely. as we know superheroes. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause, I mean, there's other heroes. Yeah, the spirit, Zorro. Yeah. You know, Tarzan. But this is Phantom. a super-powered hero yeah. from another planet. Yeah. And he has – what's fun is in the Action Comics – Number one, they give a scientific explanation for why he can have his powers. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a scientific explanation of Clark Kent's amazing strength. Kent had come from a planet whose inhabitants' physical structure was mi- millions of years advanced of our own. Upon reaching maturity, the, the people of his race became gifted with titanic strength. Incredible? No. For even today, on our world exist creatures with super strength. The lowly ant can support weights hundreds of times its own. The grasshopper leaps what to man would be the space of several city blocks. And that basically explains Clark Kent's two powers that he has in Action Comics number one. Strength and jumping. Ant-Man. Yeah, because he can leap one-eighth of a mile and hurdle a 20-story building. He can raise tremendous weights. And run faster than an express train. Hmm. That's right. how they explain it here in this book. But of course, we know it as faster than a speeding, speeding bullet, bullet yeah. more powerful than a locomotive, and able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. Or change the course right. of mighty rivers. Yeah. The whole single yeah. bound thing always bothered me because I didn't know that he couldn't fly at yeah. some point. Because uh, on the TV show, when they were saying that stuff, you know, look up in the sky, Superman kind of... He's flying. He's flying. Yeah. And it's like, of course he can leap in a single bound. He can <laughs> fly right over him. Now, I yeah. believe that the Fleischer cartoons invented the flying because it was easier to animate. Was it that or the radio? I think it was the Because I know stuff was, came from the radio, radio, too. radio yeah. because if you, if you look really close yeah. on the cartoon, he's jumping. Perry White. Well, no, in, in half of them, he's jumping. In other ones, he's flying, and they change yeah, the opening credits to, and he soars through the sky instead of leaping tall buildings in a single bound. Yeah, I think the first, uh, the, the Fleischer ones, the, the Fleischer ones are the first eight, I believe, and then there's I think seven other ones that are, I forget the name of the studio, but they're basically the same quality, the same same feel. It was just a slightly, I mean, there's a you know, slight story behind the whole thing that we're not going to get into well brian cronin from cbr.com comic legends says uh the comic legend is superman first purposely flew in the fleischer cartoons and the status is false for that one Mm. um he actually flew in the comics before that due to a mistake by that's interesting due to mistake by artist leo nowak nowak was new to the book and I imagine he just figured that Superman could fly as while Superman technically was just leaping, more artists drew it in such a fashion where it often looked like he was basically flying. Noah took it to a whole nother level in 1941's Superman number 10, and then it shows pictures of him where he jumps up and stops in the uh, and yeah, stops himself in the air and just flies around. <laughs> nice. So Superman flew in the comics before he did in the Fleischer cartoons. But again, that was an artistic mistake. So so he still made a conscious decision to have Superman fly in the cartoons, or was it? In the second episode of the Adventures of Superman radio show, February 1940, Superman is flying. He opens the episode by hovering in the sky. Yeah. I mean, it could be a lot worse. I mean, have you guys ever seen the, the Hulk comic book where he's falling off a bridge and the the text says you know well because he's so strong he moves his muscles in such a way that he's able to get back onto the bridge and you're like no that's impossible <laughs> without being able to fly i mean it it was like 
why do you even put that in there? It was it was incredibly poor writing, logic, and everything. You know, it's like <laughs> you can't use your muscles to go up. It just doesn't work. <laughs> well, so it you can if you worse. flap them really fast. Yeah, Steve, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> let's be honest here. You you just aren't strong enough to do that. Yeah. Uh, Evan and I do that all the time. Yeah. Like I'll I'll jump off my house now these days just That's how I got uh, over here tonight. Yeah, on my way down, <laughs> I just choose to turn around and go back up. Like <laughs> All right. All right, you guys you got me. Technically got not me. flying, I'm just choosing to not fall. Yeah. Okay. By flexing. Yeah. You got me. Yeah. You got me. And Evan, he doesn't fly, but he falls with style. So. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I mean this guy inspired I mean, generations of artists and generations of writers, generations of creators. Absolutely. Wasn't Batman a response to Superman? That I don't know. I don't. I don't know about that. But I think, yeah, I think I'm sure he is in some way. He came out a year later and with an almost identical costume. Well, yeah, but he was more, I think, a response to like a modernization of like Zorro hmm. or yeah. you know, some of those things. Um, yeah. What's interesting is with Batman, the first ever Batman comic has um, Commissioner Gordon. And some of the other things that would become like part of Batman lore with Superman. The first issue, Action Comics number one, has Lois Lane huh? and has the I think it actually takes place in Cleveland, not New York, though, because the newspaper, when he sends photos of the war he was supposed to report on, uh, it goes to a newspaper in Cleveland, Ohio, hmm. um, which that's where uh, Siegel and Schuster were from, huh. is from Cleveland. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So good Canadian boys, good Canadian Jewish boys who were living in Cleveland <laughs> for some reason. Yeah. And they created this character that millions of imitators. I, I don't know if there's any Superman imitation that's exceeded the original. Nope. No. No. I mean, at, at at times there were. I mean, obviously, Captain Marvel in the 1940s was outselling Superman. But Fawcett Comics, I mean, if anyone doesn't know the, the whole backstory of that, we could do a whole episode on it. You know, they, they let it, they, they stopped publishing when the whole, um, you know, Comics Code Authority thing was happening and all that stuff. And then, you know, after that, Captain Marvel, it's like, wait a minute, which one are you talking about? There's 15 of them now. Um, but, you know, back then, it, it was, at least in the publishing, in the, you know, the comic book publishing, he was, they were publishing more Captain Marvel than they were publishing Superman. Um, which was a so, threat to, to DC. Like, they yeah. they went after them legally. I'm not sure how that all landed, but... Yeah, it was. It's like I said, we could do an entire episode on trying to untangle that Gordian knot. Yeah, but we're not gonna. No, we're not. But you. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So that that's a bunch of stuff, right? Yes. Superman. He's he's done all these things, inspired all these people, create. You know, how many people are imitating him with their their characters? Almost all of us. You know, I mean, yeah. I was just writing today on a, a superhero thing and there's certain things that I have a really not very powerful character who's dealing with a whole bunch of characters who are really powerful. But I'm writing Superman style things because he has super hearing, hmm. you know, and it's just they got there first. 
and were able to create something that was actually good, not just first, but good. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's drawing on obviously things from myths and I mean, in that Superman, the original Superman where he can just jump and he's really strong, you know, Hercules comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Her- Hercules mm-hmm. got there first. Or John Carter. Yeah. Well, John Carter. Yeah, mm. definitely. Uh, John Carter wasn't on earth, but it's the same kind of thing. He's on a planet where he's able to jump and be strong and, and that, but, um, what does the character mean to us though? Is, is the question. I mean, as creators, yeah, he's going to be one of the characters that we're going to try and measure up against with our own creations. But, um, to us personally, and we all have, I think, personal stories too. Like I said, the first movie I went to in a theater, Superman, um, I'd watch him on TV in cartoon form and black and white TV form, you know, yeah. and, um, the early comic books that I had were my, my favorites were Superman ones, you know, because he was just cool. He was my favorite. And, um, that movie stuck with me and the music from the movie. I mean, before I had soundtracks, I remember one time I was out at the waiting at the end of my driveway for the bus and I started getting a little <laughs> bit upset. This is in, I think fifth or sixth grade. And I was getting a little bit upset because I couldn't remember the Superman music or if the music that I was remembering was actually from star Wars or <laughs> Superman. And, but it was just it was so ingrained and I would play with my star Wars action figures. I wouldn't just play I mean, my Superman action figures. I wouldn't just play with them. Um, cause I had the, the Mego and then I also had the Kenner one, hmm. uh, where you'd squeeze his legs and his arms would flail back and forth. Like he's punching nice. <laughs> and I wouldn't just play with those like GI Joe's. I just play with them and star Wars. I just play with them, but Superman, mm-hmm. I would do a soundtrack with my mouth <laughs> when he was flying around yeah. and saving people because <laughs> yeah, that the, the John Williams anthem is just so iconic mm-hmm. and yeah. Um, so Evan Superman, what do you mean to you personally? Oh man, he's, I count him as one of my heroes. He's the only fictional character in my list of heroes that I have. It's my, it's him, my dad, uh, Jesus, Walt Disney, and maybe Steven Spielberg is on there as well, but Superman, (laughs) (laughs) Superman's on there and because he's just a like they talk about all the time in the comics and the new movies you know he's inspiring and you know that's kind of cheesy a little bit but you know he is he's he's inspiring because he's always tries to do what's right all the time and you know he might not succeed like like the lord does you know jesus he's he's our perfect example and you know he's the ultimate inspiration but superman is a immortal who is trying to you know live up to that standard as well. Um, Superman was my first superhero besides the Power Rangers, but he really stuck with me because my dad bought me a a Superman toy um, when I was little and it was very special to me and I I have it on my shelf now. It was the mullet Superman. (laughs) And uh, Business up front, party in the back. That's right. And then we got to stay up. I got to stay up late and watch the premiere of the Superman, the animated series. Um, oh, cool. And with my dad, we pulled out the couch bed and got all the action figures and played with them while we're watching the show, staying up until the wee <laughs> hours of 8 PM. And, that's uh, awesome. yeah. So that's one of my, my most treasured memories. And yeah, I mean, I, I just like him the best out of any superhero, out of any fictional character. And I, 
I guess it's because he stands for truth and justice and the American way, which is freedom and equality. And it's just always someone I've looked up to and probably always will. Very cool. Very cool. Steve, what about you, man? I think for me, you know, and, and I'm glad you mentioned, you know, uh, truth, justice and the American way. It's, it's sort of like he's two things, you know, as, as a creator, whenever I try to think up of characters who are like that, um, it's, it's always the challenge to make a character who is, you know, maybe an homage, like, you know, uh, Astro city Samaritan or something like that, or something that, that touches something that I've never seen, um, you know, addressed in a Superman comic book or even, you know, an homage type of a comic book. Um, so, you know, it's, it's always like this interesting puzzle for me to think of a character who's basically Superman, but not Superman in such a way that it actually works. Like the story is going to work. And it's when I come up with something and I have every once in a while, um, just nothing published, but it's, it's fun. And it's like, so nice to have that type of a, a feeling when you're creating a character. And it's also the type of thing where you say to yourself, you know, how can Superman be challenged? And there was a time where there was just so many, you know, uh, imaginary stories, dream stories, alternate reality stories and everything. And you really didn't get the, that sense of Superman that you need to, you know, that superheroic, you know, uh, over the top challenging stories. And, you know, it just, it, it got to a point where you didn't want to read Superman. This is back before you guys were probably even buying comic books because the stories were dull. The stories were not challenging. They were, you know, uh, in a box and they just couldn't pull him out for some reason. Maybe it was editorial, maybe it was whatever. Um, but then, you know, then along came the eighties and you had crisis on infinite earths and all of a sudden, you know, you have Superman holding a dead Supergirl on the, the, the front cover crying you know you had supermen from different universes and you're like wait a minute something's going on here and then you know john byrne does his his whole thing and you have legends and all of a sudden it's wait a minute they're doing these stories again and they're challenging and they're you know and and it kicked off this whole new batch of good challenging stories where the the character itself was challenged and having that, you know, to think about what if I could write Superman? What if I could do that story? What would I do? And that's almost like the ultimate challenge for a comic book writer. What would you do with the Superman story? You know, and thinking about it for years, I mean, I, I, I have something that I would do, you know, if, in, a, in a dream world somewhere. But, you know, what, what could you do? And I think that would be sort of like my challenge if, if I was running a company and someone wanted a job, you know, as a comic book writer, I'd say, okay, you know, you, you can, you can write Superman. What, 
What are you going to do? What's your story arc? What's your what's what's the overarching theme? What's what are you going to do with Superman that, that no one else has done with? And see what they say. I think that would be sort of like the the acid test for me. Yeah, I, but anyway, I, I hate that people say he's boring. <laughs> and I hate that people to, say that there's no you know, he's too powerful, he's overpowerful. And you're right, Steve. The, the the problem with him is not that he is at his core boring, and the problem is not that he's overpowering. It's just that honestly, in those stories in the sixties where it was just bonkers off the wall, crazy uh, stuff just to get kids to pick it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, there wasn't a lot of depth given to it. There was a point where Superman had the power to shoot a miniature Superman out of his hand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> and, and so uh, those kind of things, I think, definitely hurt the brand, so to speak. Um, right. But the key is what you said, and that is you've got to give him a challenge. And it doesn't have to be bigger, better, stronger. It just has to be challenging for him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, show him thinking, show him uh, worrying, show him, you know, being the man while he's doing the super. And right. and that's that's for me, that's the key. Those are the good stories. Mm-hmm. And so like the – one of the defining moments for me with Superman is obviously is Superman the movie, you know, and, and that's a movie mm-hmm. I've seen over and over and over again on TV, right. on VHS, on DVD, um, in the theater that one time. Um, but for me, I, I, and this is something more recent, obviously, than when I was three. But um, <laughs> when, but probably when I was in maybe high school or or junior high, where his dad dies, you know. And, and he's talking to his mom. He's just like all my powers and I couldn't save him. And that's a moment of a character who it doesn't matter how powerful he is. He is dealing with something that's real and he's dealing with stuff that we also deal with. It doesn't matter how strong we are. You know, we, things are going to happen like that. And, you know, I just, uh, just recently did a pastor's visit three o'clock in the morning because someone wanted someone to come and just pray with uh her and her um her son because her her husband was basically dying mm. and um wow. you know and so i i went into that situation i was like oh, there's nothing i can do you know and there's um mm-hmm. and uh, you know i want to give out too much information about just what happened but just for right. me personally walking into that situation it was just like i got nothing you know i, I got god mm. you know and i can <laughs> hopefully point them uh to god and you know but the just in that situation, I, I was just there, you know, and, um, those are that, that could translate into a story about Superman Mm -hmm. where he is helping someone just get through something that they, he can't help, but it's, you know, he can't, he can help by being there, you know? And, um, and the other stories I appreciate about him are, you know, he does have to, um, decide what am I going to do with my power? You know, I right. have I have the power, that, and so Man of Steel, I don't mind that he snaps Zod's neck. Yeah. I don't because it's we're in this moment, and everyone, you know, I, people are complaining. Well, why did he just do that earlier if he's going to do it? Why did he? You know, the whole city's falling down, and it's he's waits until there's a small nuclear family that he's saving. You know, and mm-hmm. he's like, no, this is just the story has carried him here, and you've got him in this situation. Yes. They pushed him into a situation that Zack Snyder wanted him to get into, so he had to make that choice. Mm. 
but it makes sense when he makes the choice to to do the the thing he does in the moment right. you know and, and so i i just i feel like if you say he's boring then you've read the wrong stories or seen the wrong yeah. stories right. there are good ones out there where he's not boring um oh yeah but if if you say you know he can't be written you know that's someone who can't write superman is either um lazy because they're not <laughs> trying hard enough mm. Or yeah. they're trying to do something different with him that goes against his character. They don't understand mm-hmm. the They don't understand him. Or, you know, we live in a society – I probably said this on the podcast a number of times. But we live in a society and in a world that doesn't believe in heroism anymore. Because yeah. there, if there is no right and wrong, what does a hero do? A hero stands up for right. Right. And if you don't believe in heroes, which I believe a lot of our comic book writers – Don't believe in heroes. Modern comic book writers do not believe in heroes. Mm-hmm. Do right. not believe in what heroes stand for. And so the, s- the heroes start to stand for something different mm-hmm. that's not about right or helping people or helping the world. If you don't believe in a hero, how can you write about a hero? Yeah. There's some writers who can possibly, I think, put themselves in the position where they'd say, okay, I don't believe in this, but someone who does believe in this might do this. Mm-hmm. You know, like J. J. Michael Straczynski. Um, mm-hmm. does he's an atheist, but he writes very good faith-based characters. Hmm. Um, and why? Because he actually tries to put himself in the mindset of the person and treats the character, even if it's, though it's a person that he doesn't, wouldn't agree with, you know, intellectually, hmm. he puts himself in the place of the character and tries to figure out, okay, what would I do if I believed this stuff? Right. Uh, rather than what do they do, it's what would I do. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's my Superman rant right there. <laughs> do you want to talk about some of our favorite moments from S- Superman stories? Yeah, I just talked about a couple, but I do have one more. Okay. Um, and I, I believe this is from Action Comics. I don't know the number, but my friend gave it to me in uh, in English class <laughs> in eighth grade. And it was... Superman, um, every year on a certain date, Lex Luthor would break out of jail (laughs) and, and Superman, uh, is in the future and he is giving, uh, interviews to these reporters. It's kind of two stories at once. Uh, cause one is kind of the Lex Luthor stuff and Superman finds him and catches him every year that he does this. And then, um, Superman from the future sends a message to Superman in the past and tells him why. And so then the next time Superman catches him, he, it all makes sense because every single time he escapes, it's Einstein's birthday (laughs) and he escapes to go to somewhere that has to do with Einstein's life. So like the patent office where Einstein worked and different things like that. And so Superman uh, on this last one, he he actually takes Lex Luthor to like the Einstein Memorial statue or something like that, and and because I mean they hate each other, right? But they don't. <laughs> it's a great story though. I loved it when I read it the first time. Just this time travel element to it of the message from the future to the past, and then the mystery of what Lex Luthor was doing. And I've read that one again recently, like in the last year or two. And that one holds up. I love it. I still love it. Um, and then I also love the Paul Dini, Alex Ross, Superman, um, 
Oh, what is it Peace called? Peace on Earth. Yes. Peace on Earth. Yeah. That's a good one. I've only read that one once. That's really good. It's beautiful. And it's, 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 it, it bends your mind a little bit too, because it really digs into real world politics. Like what mm-hmm. would really happen yeah. if this happened? Obviously. Oh, there's a powerful scene in, in that one. Yeah. Yeah. There's all, there's, there's four that are like the four original ones that they did, Paul mm-hmm. Dini and, and Alex Ross. They're not necessarily comic books because they don't have speech bubbles, but they're comic books because they are sequential. Right. Um, and they're oversized, treasury size. And the artwork is just beautiful. But there's Batman, War on Crime, Superman, Peace on Earth, Wonder Woman, something, something, truth, and, <laughs> and Sh- Shazam, Power of Hope. And those four books together are some of the best comics you'll ever read. And then yeah. they did a Justice League one that was um, same format but had – There's other origins? Well, there's that. Any. But then there's one that went along with that that is – because those the origins ones, like just two-page spreads – of every Justice League member's origin, and yeah. those are cool with photorealistic paintings, right? But then they also did one that's basically a comic book version or comic book story with the Justice League with with speech balloons. So it's not the same style as what the War and Crime Peace on Earth were, but right. Um, but that whole oversized set, great stuff, awesome, yeah. A powerful moment uh, for me that just shows you what type of person Superman is is going back to the time he killed Zod, but in the comic books, where he's in another dimension, and Zod and his two friends have murdered every single person on Earth. And Superman is the last person there. He's depowered them. And so he's the last person who is available in that universe to deal out justice. So he is judge, jury, and executioner, and he decides to execute them because they're they're, they're vowing like we're going to get to your earth, we're going to do the same exact thing there, and so he kills them, puts them to death by kryptonite. Um, but it's that universe's kryptonite, so it doesn't hurt him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. And uh, then for like probably a year or more of comic books after that, he is tortured by that decision that he made mm-hmm. to take their lives. And eventually he has to go into exile. He goes into space and spends a lot of time there and has adventures out there and is, has to work through what he did and the consequences of that. And so it's just very, very interesting story. And just how much those three lives, even though they were like the worst mass murderers in all of history, hmm. you know, they right. weigh, they weigh on him in his conscience. And then, of course, then this will get into themes a little bit, but the death and return of Superman story, uh, where he fights Doomsday, that's always reminded me of Jesus and just pushing through the pain because he knows he has to save the world. And if he doesn't do it, nobody else will and nobody else can. And it kind of, to me, it's, it, I picture that as the spiritual battle that was going on on you know when Christ is taking the cross to the hill and he, you know he is superman Jesus is superman in real life he's saved the world and died doing it and so that's always affected me and then there's a scene in the in the funeral where bibbo is praying to god and and you know crying and asking like why did you take superman you know he's the best one of us why didn't you take me please take me instead trade trade places and 
that that's one of the few comics that has made me cry is that one i think there's only been two that's made me cry and that was one of them so um just powerful stuff and then of course there's all the i love all the super actiony parts mm-hmm. where you know <laughs> with uh our world's at war which is basically superman in the dc universe versus galactus super fun <laughs> and you know i love the elseworld stuff with red sun that's a great one and uh yeah yeah i do love superman elseworlds stories yeah um the what i like is when he becomes a green lantern that's a good one. <laughs> last last son of krypton or last son of earth rather where clark kent is put into a rocket by jonathan and martha kent and rocketed into space because the earth is going to be destroyed he lands on krypton where the gravity is crushing him, but he's found by Jor-El, who puts him in a special chamber where he's able to move around and be okay. And then he's given an exoskeleton that allows him to be supported in the gravity, the heavy gravity of Krypton. But he's able to become a superhero because he finds the power battery and uh, ring of that sector's uh, Green Lantern course. And Wow. Yeah, it's cool stuff. It's fun. My favorite growing up, Elseworlds, was always the the one where the rocket crashes in the jungle and he's raised by wolves, and it's basically the Jungle Book. <laughs> and, and then it turns into Tarzan because once he's finished being Mowgli, he meets Lois Lane, you know, in the in the jungle, and they take him back to England. Well, and, and there is one that is where he is Tarzan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's two of those, yeah. and then one of those scarred me as a kid. Like it disturbed me because it was. Jorel took the rocket and went to Earth as a grown man and landed in 1776 in England. <laughs> and the English are like, wow, you're a friend. Help us out. And so he flies over to America, picks up Independence Hall with all of our founding fathers on it, flies it back to England, and they all hang. <laughs> and then England takes over the world. And wow. so now it's 1995, but we're still in like 1776 technology because none of the American <laughs> inventors existed, you know, <laughs> and then jor son is, you know, has to write the world. <laughs> yeah, I always did. You know, there's the whole Moses thing that's going along with, with Superman mm-hmm. where they put him in the rocket and launch him off and mm-hmm. blah, blah, yep. blah. And there's Moses, Jesus, all that stuff. Um, I just always wondered, like, why the heck didn't he just build a slightly bigger rocket. <laughs> well, you know? he, didn't have, he didn't have a chance. He was, uh, he was building a test he rocket. You can say time, that, but uh, yeah, or, or just put his wife in there, you know, it just cr- cram her test. in there. In the, in the Superman. Was a test rocket enough for only a baby. Sorry. In I, the Superman cartoon, the animated series, he builds it big enough for his wife. And, I know. And, and then she's like, no, I'm staying with you. <laughs> no, you go with your baby. Yeah. <laughs> I know that's kind of go with your baby. Well, he did just explain to her that hey, when he gets there, he's gonna be like superhuman. Still, (laughs) if there's one breakdown here, if we're gonna really break it down, especially in that version of it, Mm. um, if mom has the opportunity to go with baby, you send mom with you send mom with baby because baby could land in the middle of nowhere or the ocean or the yeah or the jungle. You know, and in real life, <laughs> you get raised by wolves. In real Russia. life, wolves don't raise babies. You know, yeah. they eat babies. Yeah, probably. They, yes. I'm just saying, they <laughs> eat super babies. babies. Would they eat a super baby? 
I don't know, because depending on the story, depending on the version, yeah. uh, he may not have his powers that early. Right. Doesn't get him until he's a teenager. Right. When he's been in the sun long mutant. enough. Yeah. So, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, any yes. standouts for you? Um. The well, the like I I said before, like the John Byrne run. I I just I really enjoy the radio show, and maybe mm, yeah. I'm just an old time radio nerd. That's but true, but I, <laughs> but I love the old time radio show. I have uh, a collection of the the first uh, bunch of months of um, the the comic strip. I have a collection of the first couple of years of the color comic strip. And I just, I don't read them voraciously. I'll just like pick it up and like read like, you know, one story arc or something and just be like, you know, savor it because you're not going to get it again. You know, it's not like they, they, they still make it. I mean, they they might make a a modern version or or something like that, but you know, it's like you, you're not going to get that, original Superman feel anymore. So I just sort of like, you know, take a little bit at a time and just like ease through it with the, with the, uh, the Superman episodes. What I try to do nowadays is to make it flow. I'll edit them. So, you know, you get like an hour long or an hour and a half long, uh, you know, super long, one story arc thing, but you don't have to sit through all the pep commercials and you don't have to sit through the intros and the, the outros all the time, which are sometimes a little, you know, after one or two, you're like, all right, can we, so I just, sometimes I just take the time and I'll, I'll edit a whole, a whole thing together. Um, and just, you, you know, then you can just listen to a whole story and you don't have to worry about the, you know, the tra- trappings of a, yeah, of a yeah. radio show. Steve, Ben yes. Ben just bought this Superman audio drama uh-huh. that is based on the book. It's based on a book, yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's called "It's Superman," I think. Yeah. Well, he let oh. me borrow it, and I listened to it. Uh, me and my friend listened to it on the way down to a, a trip we were doing. And uh, hashtag not my Superman, but <laughs> the Lex Luthor from this audio drama from this book is now my favorite version of Lex Luthor ever. Really? Yeah. It was, he was it's so cool. good. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to check it out. Very well done, but not Superman. <laughs> no. It's, and yes, it, it's, it's not Superman. It, honestly, it's Superboy. Yeah. And it's not even a, not even a good, no, not a classic uh, Superboy either. If it had been a story and it was, um, super, power guy or something yeah. like that or <laughs> mighty man yeah um it actually would have gone down a little better mm. but i i liked it more than evan did but that's because i'm able to, to divorce well i i still right. liked it but it's just like i wouldn't look at that and call it superman exactly but lex luther was great yeah i wish they would do that in a his plan was awesome yeah, yeah. and it's just this person everything he did yeah. yeah fantastic um, i'll have to check that out all right, let's go. Let's go around the table one last time. Spiritual themes in the Superman story. All right, all right. Uh, Evan, we'll start with you. 
I kind of already said mine that are the ones that stick out the most for me with with the death of Superman. And then, of course, you have all the, you know, the allegories of the father sending his son to Earth to, you know, save it. But I was never a fan of that version of Jor-El where he is he's prophesying that Superman will be the savior of the world. You know, I kind of I like it better when Jor-El's like, I just need to save my kid and we're going to shoot him at this thing because it's the only planet I found that's will work. You know? That's because that version of him, his father is Marlon Brando. Yeah. And his father is just kind of this pompous, full of himself guy who's getting paid a million dollars per minute to be on the set. <laughs> and he can do whatever he wants, man. Mm-hmm. And no, but I mean, they definitely, with that Superman movie, they definitely played that up big oh, yeah. oh, time. Yeah. That messianic kind of vibe that. Depending on how you watch it, you're not going to like it, depending on yeah. how it hits you. Yeah. Well, and if you go on our Facebook page, I did a video uh, with my little daughter about the Superman anniversary and kind of really delved into a lot of the spiritual themes of, you know, what does truth mean? What does justice mean? And uh, freedom and equality and all those things that Superman stands for. And so that that's about a 10-minute video. I'll let you go check it out. It's on our Facebook page. It'll should be there in perpetuity until the internet dies. Yeah. <laughs> so check it out there. Steve, give us a spiritual theme from Superman. Well, this is something that I, I it's one of those controversial things, but you know, I've, I've been homeschooling for a couple of years now. And when I'm digging into stuff, I find stuff and it's just very clear to me now. And if anyone wants to talk about this, you know, please get in touch with me or, or whatever. But the American way is built on Christian morality. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when he says truth, justice in the American way, and he stands up for it, you know, at some level, I have to assume since he has a super brain to go along with the super physique, he understands what the American way really means. So, you know, when I'm reading those, you know, especially the older stuff and like the radio shows and stuff, and he's showing those that Christian morality after the first couple of issues where he's, you know, throwing people over trees and things like that. Um, it, you know, as as a as a kid growing up, I think I sort of like latched onto that, and I was like, you know, there's something good in America, even if Americans do bad things. It's built on something that's deeper than that, and that's that Christian morality. And you know, I think that's what I took away from it more than anything. Very cool. Yeah. And for me, I know a lot of people and there's definitely something to the whole idea of him being sent to Earth and the whole idea of him being a Moses character who's being, you know, there's there's a lot in the messianic stuff. There's there's lots of good stuff to delve into. But for me, the thing about Superman has always been I want to be like him and Mm -hmm. I want to I look at Superman as kind of not the metaphor for Christ. But the metaphor for Christians, Mm. like he has, you know, all these great powers. And for the, you know, for the person who's been given much, much is expected. 
you know, and he right. uses these powers and he does the right thing. And I, I like stories where he struggles over, well, what is the right way to deal with this problem yeah. and, and those kind of things. And so for me, I look at him and ever since I've been a little kid, he's been an ideal of being a hero. And, and that, that's just always been what's inspired about him, inspired me about him. And, mm-hmm. and honestly, in, in some of those stories that, that are in action comics, number 1000 and in the action comics, 80th anniversary thing. Um, those are things that when I read those stories, um, that, that are saying, Hey, be like him because he's doing this, you know, I'm like, ah, oh, that, I like that. Ooh, I like that one, you know? And, <laughs> and, and so for me, it's always been that, that idea of, he he will do the right thing. He will right. he will um, try to do the right thing. And so in Man of Steel, when he does that with Zod, and everyone's complaining, ah, oh, Superman wouldn't do blah 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 blah. And and for me, it's no. I I'm watching a story about a guy struggling with what's the right thing to do. Mm. You know, and that's story a story I want to see. Now I may not agree with what he did, but you know, like any situation, any situation where we make a choice. And it's a hard choice and you have to go back and forth about was this the right choice? Um, you know, any any situation like that, after it's done, you can analyze it to death. The question is when you were in the middle of it and you were presented with these are my options, you know, and can I come up with a third option? You know, maybe, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it, when you're in it, that's, you know, what – caused you to make the decision what pushed you to make the decision what factors did you take into account to say no i can't do this i can't cross this line but i can cross this one or i won't cross any line you know and so those stories especially with superman where he has the power to destroy the world like he could end all crime tomorrow (laughs) Mm -hmm. by ending all people tomorrow, you know, um, <laughs> or ending all freedom. Yeah. But that's not the right thing. Right. You know, and it's interesting because I, I talked to someone, he's like, if Superman was in the real world, no one would do anything anymore, you know, because yeah. like, no one would need to. Right. And no one would risk themselves. Why risk yourself when Superman could just fly out of the sky? You know, and well, he's one guy. I know, like that's, <laughs> but he's very fast. But, but the, the the point is, like, I don't know if if Superman existed in the real world, I don't know if he would inspire us in the same way. He might scare us, which is some of the things they were trying to do with, yeah. with Man yeah. of Steel. Yeah. Um, but in fiction, he inspires us. Mm. You know, and yeah, yeah. And so I think that's, that's mine. Uh, and I think Neil Gaiman, Gaiman. Yeah. <laughs> I forget. Uh, one of the things that, that he pointed out was that, you know, Superman, Batman, those characters are, they're transcendent. You know, they're, the characters are better than most of the stories that the characters are in, you know? So it's, it's like, even, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah even when you, you get the, the, the Peter Pan records of Superman or the, you know, the, the campy Batman or whatever, it doesn't matter because it's adding to this, this transcendence of character that, mm. I mean, there's tons of people who know Superman and know Batman, but have never seen a cartoon, never seen the movies, never, they know the character though, you know, and it's, it's that type of a thing. Yeah. All right. That's Superman. Yep. All right, we went around the horn. We 
did the spiritual themes. It's time to go around the horn with the last last word. Well, I believe we've covered everything there is to cover, and you don't need to learn any more about Superman because you have listened to this show. Okay. No, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> wow. That's no, I will just say that... A little stronger than I would have no. gone. But, uh... <laughs> if you are a... Um, person who is not a huge fan of the character i you know I, i'll urge you just you know when you, if you're if you're going to take in fiction check out some more superman check out you know maybe maybe message look us. for the best ones yeah look for the best ones look message best us ones. we'll give you our recommendations i mean because he is just a phenomenal character and you've heard how he inspires us you know on multiple levels um check him out give him a second chance and uh and you might be surprised what you find. Steve. In the immortal words of Muhammad Ali, Superman don't need no seatbelt. And in the true. immortal words of the flight stewardess that he was talking to, Superman don't need no airplane either. <laughs> also, statistically speaking, uh, air travel is one of the best ways to go. Mm. Oh, yeah. So. Um, and I will say this episode brought to you by dogwings.us mm. uh, for all your custom graphics, logo branding, and design needs. Go to dogwings.us. And I will also say thank you so much for listening and Godspeed. You've been listening to the Strangers and Aliens podcast hosted by Ben Avery, Evan David, Steve McDonald, and Dr. Jason Neal. Our music was composed and mixed by Tim Leffel. We'd love for you to join the conversation by going to our website at strangersandaliens.com where you'll find show notes, articles, reviews, and more. You can also email us directly at podcast at strangersandaliens.com. Or you can join our social media conversations by following us on Twitter where we are at strangeandalien.com or liking us on Facebook at facebook.com slash strangersandaliens. Or leave us a voicemail by calling the Strangers and Aliens hotline. That number is 1-804-37-ALIENS. And once again, thanks for listening. Well, hello there, and welcome to Strangers and Aliens, a podcast about sci-fi, podcast about faith, podcast about fantasy, podcast about spirituality, podcast about imagination, podcast about all those things, and oh, so much more. I'm Ben, Ben Avery, and I'm here with two guys who are also oh, so much more. Mm. Please introduce yourselves. And Hi, it's me, Evan. And tell everyone why you oh, so much more. I'm oh so much more because... Wait, talk normal, please. I, <laughs> I have a, what are you doing? I have a sore on my tongue, and it really hurts. Uh, so this will be an interesting episode. No, it's not. <laughs> no, I'm let's, so not, much more let's not do that. Well, I do have a sore wow. on my tongue. So. Okay, I, I believe that there's a sore <laughs> on your tongue. But the, and, so I am a little bit more than I normally am because the sore has extra, added yeah, mass to yeah. my person. I. All right, good to know. Well, there you have it.
Thanks for joining us, folks. Hold on. There's a baby monitor. There's a baby monitor going off in the other room. Likely it is for my child because Ben's family watches my child on weekdays. Um, so yeah, how how you doing, Steve? Great, great. Is this part of the episode? You know, apart from the this sore is, on my tongue, I'm doing super. This is great. A yeah. Baby monitor picks up other houses sometimes. Oh, really? It's <laughs> creepy. Wow. All right. Well, let's start this one all the way over. All maybe some of this will come out of. Oh, you gotta, the, you gotta leave the Thor part. Uh, maybe this will come out of the post credit. <laughs> it's Superman, not Thor. Come on. All right, we're gonna we're gonna start it over.